This is the Hikisana Kori. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and Taino Strong 1491. In prior shows, I've been play acting as a as a Bahika and hiding in the Guaraca in the cave. Trying to have some fun and going back in the past and trying to uh reenact maybe what have happened if a Bihike wasn't hiding receiving messages from Guaribos, warriors. But today I want to talk about the battle for Igwe. In Haiti, forward slash Kiskeya. This happened around 1503 to 1504. My main source of information, of course, is Batalomé de la Casas, who wrote many books on the history of the Taino and the resistance, our ancestors. Uh, he's very close to our people. And also Jose Olivar in his book and his research of caciques and the idols they worship. So, um, you know, according to the La Casas, in his study, in his work with the Taino, our ancestors, he was part of the first battle in Igwe. Igwe was the was the last region in. That the Spanish tried to that invaded and they tried to take over. That was around 1503, 1504 in the eastern region called Igwe. Very good people there. And I see them on Instagram, I see them on social media, very good people. Um, present day Dominican Republic, good people. And there was an issue with um huge battles that went on this is the first battle it was around the um, early to the half year and the La Casas writes about uh, a cacique his name was Gotu Banama Gotu Banama and he was regarded by the Spanish and I'll quote here in Spanish era también alto Más enforzado que otros. He was bigger than everyone else. He was like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the time. So this cacique, just by looking at him, um, was an amazing person physically. He was a great warrior chief as well. Jose Oliver kind of questions and uh, theorizes that Cotubanama had a casica in Iguanama. Iguanama. It seems like she was an elder casica who was over him, or they were, or they were um, equal in rank. But it seems um, through the stories that somehow she she played a major, major influence. Uh, there was another casica. Uh, her name was Ines. De Cayacoa. And these were main chiefs that the La Casas observed. Um, but definitely that Guatubanama stands out as one of the uh, caciques. And also, according to La Casas, he was the bravest. He mentions it in his book three of the history of the Indies. And he was a man of authority among all of them. 
And what happened was there was a cacique of unknown origin and his name we don't know and basically he died or he was killed in Saona Island which um, faces the mainland it's a little small island of the mainland of Kiskeya and he was killed by a dog one of those war dogs those Matisse dogs that the Spaniards or the invaders will have to intimidate our ancestors and according to the story this dog just ripped apart the insides of this of this cacique and his main job was to appease the Spaniards or the invaders so they had enough yuca cassava to eat so trade cassava for peace obviously someone got very greedy and ordered his assassination so word got out to Cotubanama. So there is some speculation that somehow um, he was chosen by the chiefs to lead the uh, um, the warriors to avenge the death, the murder of this unknown cacique from Soona Island. Now there's many players during this time period uh from the region of La Romana area, Boca Chica archaeological sites around this time, around these places. So the first battle began midway through 1503, and and it was just a few months after Francisco de Bodadilla, which was 1499 to 1506, was replaced by the Comendador Mayor de Lares. His name is Fray. Nicolás de Ovando and he was a lieutenant governor so a lot of stuff going on a lot of political movements and so on so oh man so Mayor was of high rank and Lares is the town in Spain where he came from so basically um, the La Casas goes deep into the history into the battles and so on in his Historia de los Indias, and that's in book two. If you want to look that up on page 185 to 199, 157 to 163, we owe a lot to Guatemala Casas for offering these stories, these battles, where Guatubanama was definitely one of the uh, great warrior chiefs at the time. Um, so basically, you know, that first battle, anyway, was definitely all about revenge. Started peaceful, a trade of uh, cassava bread, and which led to the death of um, this unknown cacique in Saona Island. It's horrible. This narrative continues on throughout the history in these 1500s. It's just terrible what our ancestors had to go through. Um, so because of the murder of this cacique, Guatuanama, it seems like he was the one that was chosen to lead this war party. So remember I mentioned before, this was the cacique Iguanama, there was Ines Le Cayacoa, and there were others part of this uh, battle. Um, so yeah, so news, news went ahead. Now, check this out. It's very important to understand, especially if you're from Borinquen. The battle group that led the charge against the rebellion, against Cacique Guatamala, 
Botuanama was, in fact, Juan Ponce de Leon, who eventually became the governor of Borinque. So he was put under the command under um, Juan de Esquivel. Now, Juan de Esquivel was a major player in Jaimanca. He was the head invader there. And he was a knight, as they call a caballero. And uh, according to the La Casas in his second book, page 160 to 162, he talks about this nasty, awful man, Juan de Esquivel. So you got Ponce de Leon under Juan de Esquivel. They both made huge fortunes known as Indian killers. They did all they could in their disposal with soldiers or, and also um, indigenous warriors who um, you will, will force to or try to gain some power to go against the freedom fighters as we know you know warriors now this was a good um this battle was the spanish took advantage of this first battle and they la, la guerra justa the just war theory was applied here in which they say hey they fight us but we're gonna fight back and we're gonna enslave them once we get them ruthless ruthless people so you know during these battles the natives that were our indigenous ancestors who were caught became indigenous labor became slaves property of these awful men who were Indian killers um, you know it amazes me that um, during this time period there was a lot of uh, horse raids they used the horse um, trying to get an advantage of capturing runaway Taino people and they call them Calvagados or I should say Calvagadas and check this out to this day around Christmas I mean around Easter time in Borinquen you can still see people riding horses up the mountainside and this is an old tradition that started from the Spaniards the invaders and it's uh, it echoes the tradition of hunting for Indians for Indios horrible tradition that should be abolished so basically in this first battle of Higüe um, our ancestors the Taino were defeated now many did did retreat to the mountains to recover to heal to fight for another day and many were captured and they were cruelly executed. And that's by the uh, late medieval Spanish standards. Brutal, brutal torture. Similar to the Grand Inquisition. And some were hung. Now, women and children alike were also corralled at this time period. Many of them were slain, disemboweled, and almost like as the casas would say, they were led to the slaughter like sheep. Um, hands and feet were amputated during this time period. Others were beheaded and bodies were cut in half, according to the casas. Some 600 or 700 um, Taino escaped to Saona Island, 
and they went to hide in the caves. But unfortunately, those poor souls were captured and imprisoned. And they were taken to a, a, a large house and they were knifed to death. And then they were displayed in the plaza. And finally, the body count counted uh, as per Juan de Esquivel. You know, he wanted to know how many were killed. Terrible. Yucayekes were destroyed and deserted. Horrible, horrible. At the end, the caciques that survived became servants of Esquivel. But many still continue to resist. So, Cotubanama was still very much alive and well during this time period after this first battle. He did surrender. He agreed to some demands um, of surrender. And, uh, of course, you know, slave labor was implemented. So I just want to stop here and just say that, you know, this brutal war started in Sauna Island, revenge. Excuse me. Cotubanama, Cacique. Very impressive. The history books of the invader. They gave him credit for being a strong and brave man. Thank you, Bartolome de la Casas, for keeping that history alive and well. Um, there was a Guatiao ritual actually between Esquivel and Cotubanama. I should mention that before I leave. And that was a custom of the exchange of names where uh, it was pretty much like a peace accord in which. Esquivel will take the name of Cotubanama, Cotubanama will take the name of Esquivel, and will maintain peace. So this is very important, and De La Casa talks about this in his book number two. So, it does show that the Spaniard invaders understood, and they, let me underline this word, manipulated the tradition, the power of the Guatiao ceremony. Um, I'm just going to um, stop right here and I'll be back again to talk about these battles in Higüey. So I thank all of you all for listening and I'll be back and give you more details of future battles. And uh, sooner or later, we'll be heading to Borinquen as well and the other islands. Slowly but surely, we're going to start hitting home these, these battles that went on. The resistance was strong. The resistance similar to present-day Ukraine, who 77% are indigenous with their own language, their own traditions. Once again, this old story of resistance to the death um, to this day continues in the heart of the indigenous person. And um, our prayers go out to all those valiant warriors in Ukraine and also foreigners that are going there to fight. I don't condole violence. I hate it. I hate war. Um, 21st century, you figure, well, we have everything in place for diplomacy, um, logic, intelligence, 
can lead the way. But once again, when you put the eagle, the inflated eagle in place as the center, these wars continue to reap in towns, villages, cities, nations, the world. So as Bejique Sanacori of Arayeke Yucayek, sovereign nation, I'd like to ask the ancestors to continue to give us that spirit of resistance, spirit of rebellion, so we can never forget that we come from the land, our earth mother, and we stand in solidarity with all those indigenous who continue to struggle to protect the land protect the world community Ukraine the Taino people stand with you we pray for peace blessings to 